Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his time had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that he should betray Jesus. Because Jesus knew that the Father had handed all things over to him, and that he had come from God and he was going back to God, he got up from the mill, removed his outer clothes, took a towel, and tied it around himself. He poured water into the wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel that he had wrapped around himself. Then he came to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not understand what I am doing now, but you will understand after these things. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. But Jesus replied, If I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. Simon Peter then said to him, Lord, wash not only my feet, but my hands and my head. Jesus replied, The one who had bathed need only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not every one of you. For Jesus knew that the one that was going to betray him For this reason, he said, not every one of you is clean. So when Jesus had washed their feet, he put on his outer clothing back on and he took his place at the table again and said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and do so correctly for that is what I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to wash another's feet. For I have given you an example. You should do just as I have done for you. I tell you the solemn truth. The slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent as a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What I am saying does not refer to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this is to fulfill scripture. The one who eats my bread has turned against me. I am telling you this now, before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. I tell you the solemn truth. Whoever accepts the one that I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. When he had said these things, Jesus was greatly distressed in spirit and testified, I tell you the solemn truth. One of you will betray me. The disciples began to look around at one another, worried and perplexed, to know which one of them he was talking about. And one of his disciples, the one who Jesus loved, was at the table, to the right of Jesus in place of honor. So Simon Peter gestured to this disciple to ask Jesus who it was that he was referencing. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved leaned back against Jesus' chest and asked him, Lord, who is he? Jesus replied, It is the one who I will give this piece of bread after I have dipped it into this dish. Then he dipped the piece of bread in the dish, and he gave it to Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. And after Judas took the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are about to do, do quickly. Now none of these that were present at the table understood why Jesus said this to Judas. Some of them thought that because Judas had the money box, Jesus was telling him to buy whatever they needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. 
Judas took the piece of bread and went out immediately. Now it was night. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him right away. Children, I am still with you for a little while. You will look for me. And just as I said to the Jewish religious leaders, where I am going, you cannot come. Now I tell you the same. I give you a new commandment, to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? But Jesus replied, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. But Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? I tell you the solemn truth. The rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. But do not let your hearts be distressed. You believe in God, believe also in me. There are many dwelling places in my Father's house. Otherwise, I would not have told you, because I am going away to make ready a place for you. And if I go to make ready a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, so that where I am you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? But Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, do you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be content. But Jesus replied, Have I not been with you for so long, and you have not known me, Philip? The person who has seen me has also seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not believe me, at least believe because the miraculous deeds themselves. I tell you the solemn truth. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I am doing and will perform greater deeds than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Then I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it does not see him nor know him, but you know him, because he resides with you and will be in you. I will not abandon you as orphans, but I will come to you. In a little while, the world will not see me any longer, but you will see me, because I live, you will live too. You will know at that time that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The person who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Lord, 
What has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and take up residence within him. The person who does not love me does not obey my words, and the word you hear is not mine, but the Father's who has sent me. I have spoken these things while staying with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and will cause you to remember everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you will be glad that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I am. I have told you now before it happens, so that will it, when it does happen, you may believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this world is coming, but he has no power over me. But I am doing just what the Father commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Get up, let's go on from here. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, because apart from me you cannot accomplish anything. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up. As such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and are burned up. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is honored by this, that you will bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because the slave does not understand what his master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I have chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that remains so that whatever you ask in my name, he will give you. This I command you to love one another. If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me first. If you belong to this world, the world will love you as its own. However, because you do not belong to the wor world, but I chose you out of this world, for this reason the world will hate you. Remember what I have told you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they obeyed my word, 
they would obey yours too. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name. After saying this, Jesus prayed, I have revealed my name to these men that you have given me from this world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they understand that everything you have given me comes from you, because I have given them the words that you have given me. They accepted them and really understand that I came from you, and they believe that you had sent me. I am praying on behalf of them. I am not praying on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those who you had given me, because they belong to you. Everything I have belongs to you, and everything you have belongs to me, and I have been glorified by them. I am no longer in this world, but they are in this world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them safe in your name that you had given me, so that they will be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I kept them safe and watched over them in your name that you have given me. Not one of them has been lost except the one destined for destruction, so that the scripture can be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I am saying these things in the world so that they will experience my joy completed in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one, that they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Set them apart in truth, and your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. As I set myself apart on their behalf, so that they too may be truly set apart. I am not praying only on their behalf, but on behalf of those who will believe in me through their testimony, that they will all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. I pray that they will be in us, so that the world may believe that you had sent me. The glory you gave me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you and me, and that they may be completely one so that the world will know that you had sent me and you have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I want those who you have given me to be with me where I am so that they can see my glory and can give that you gave me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, even if the world does not know you, I know you and these men know that you had sent me. I made known your name to them, and I will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. When he had said these things, Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kindred Valley. There was an orchard there, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, the one who betrayed him, knew the place too, because Jesus had met them there many times with his disciples. So Judas obtained a squad of soldiers and some officers with chief priests and Pharisees, and they came into the orchard with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, because he knew everything that was going to happen to him, came and asked them, Who are you looking for? They replied, Jesus the Lazarene. He told them, I am he. Now Judas, the one who betrayed him, was standing there with him. 
So when Jesus said to them, I am he, they retreated and fell to the ground. Then Jesus asked them again, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, the Lazarene. Jesus replied, I told you I am he. If you are looking for me, let these men go. He said this to fulfill the word that was spoken. I had not lost any single one of them whom you have given me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, pulled it out and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into his sheath. I am not to drink the cup that the Father had given me. Then the squad of soldiers with their commanding officers and the officers of the Jewish leaders arrested Jesus and tied him up. They brought him first to Ananias, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Simon Peter and another disciple followed them as they brought Jesus to Ananias. Now the other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, and he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Simon Peter was left standing outside by the door. So the other disciple, who was acquainted with the high priest, came out and spoke to the slave girl who watched the door and brought Peter inside. The girl, who was the doorkeeper, said to Peter, You're not the one of these man's disciples too, are you? And Peter replied, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing there around a charcoal fire that they had made, warming themselves up because it was cold. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. While this was happening, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus replied, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple courts. Where are all the Jewish people always assembled together? I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I had said. They know what I have said. Then Jesus, when he had said this, one of the high priest's officers who stood nearby struck him on the face and said, Is that the way that you answer the high priest? Jesus replied, If I had said something wrong, confirm what is wrong. But if I speak correctly, why strike me? Then Ananias sent him still tied up to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing in the courtyard, warming himself, and they said to him, You aren't one of the disciples too, are you? Peter again denied it. I am not. And one of the high priest's slaves, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Did I not see you in the orchard with him? Then Peter denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the Roman governor's residence. Now it was very early in the morning. They did not go into the governor's residence so that they would not be ceremonially defiled, but could eat the Passover meal. So Pilate came outside to them and said, What accusations do you bring against this man? They replied, If this man were not a criminal, we would have not handed him over to you. Pilate told them, Take him yourselves and pass judgment upon him according to your own law. But the Jewish leaders replied, We cannot legally put anyone to death. 
This happened to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken when he indicated what type of death he was going to die. So Pilate went back into the governor's residence, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or have others told you this about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own people and your chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom was from this world, my servants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Then Pilate said, So you are a king. But Jesus replied, You say that I am a king. For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to truth listens to my voice. So Pilate asked, What is truth? When he had said this, he went back outside to the Jewish leaders and announced, I find no basis for this accusation against him. But it is your custom that I release one prisoner for you at the Passover. So, do you want me to release for you this king of the Jews? Then they shouted back to him, No, don't release this man, but release Barabbas. And now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged severely. The soldiers braided crowns of thorns and put it on his head, and they clothed him in a purple robe. They came up to him again and again and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him repeatedly in the face. Again, Pilate went out and said to the Jewish leaders, Look, I am bringing him out to you so that you will know I find no reason for an accusation against him. So Jesus came outside, still wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Look, here is the man. When the chief priests and their officers saw him, they shouted out, Crucify him! Crucify him! But Pilate said, You take him and crucify him. Certainly, I find no reason for an accusation against him. But the Jewish leaders replied, We have a law, and according to our law, he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard what they have said, he was more afraid than ever. And he went back into his residence and said to Jesus privately, Where do you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know I have the authority to release you and to crucify you? Jesus replied, You would have no authority over me at all unless it was given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of the greater sin. From this point on, Pilate tried and tried to release him, but the Jewish leader shouted out, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat him down on the judgment seat in the place called the Stone Pavement. Now, it was the day of preparation for the Passover, about noon. And Pilate said to the Jewish leaders, Look, here is your king. 
Then they shouted out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate then asked, Shall I crucify your king? And the high priest replied, We have no king except Caesar. Then Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying his own cross, he went out to a place called the Place of the Skull, called in Aramaic Golgotha. There they crucified him, along with two others, one on each side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had a notice written and fastened to the cross, which read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Because of this, many of the Jewish residents of Jerusalem read this notice because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and the notice was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write King of the Jews, but rather this man said that he was King of the Jews. Pilate answered them though, What I have written, I have written. Now, when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and made four shares, one for each soldier, and the tunic remained. Now, the tunic was seamless, woven from top to bottom in a single piece. So the soldiers said to each other, Let's not tear it, but throw dice to see who will get it. This took place to fulfill the scripture that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they threw dice. So the soldiers did these things. Now, standing beside Jesus' cross was his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, look, here is your son. He said this as he was hanging on the cross to his disciple, Look, here is your mother. From that very time, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus realized that by this time, everything was completed. And he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was there. So they put a sponge soaked in sour wine on a branch and lifted it to his mouth. When he had received the sour wine, Jesus said, It is completed. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Then, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not stay on the cross on the Sabbath, for on the Sabbath was an especially important one, the Jewish leaders asked Pilate to have the victim's legs broken and the bodies taken down. So the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the two men who had been crucified with Jesus, the first, the one, and then the other. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that Jesus was already dead, so they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and blood and water flowed out immediately. And the person who saw it had testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows he is telling the truth, so that you may also believe. For these things happened that scripture would be fulfilled. Not a bone of his will be broken. And again, another scripture would be fulfilled that says, They will look upon the one whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, one who was secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate if he can remove the body of Jesus. 
Pilate gave him permission, so he went and took the body away. Nicodemus, the man who had previously came to Jesus at night earlier, accompanied Joseph, carrying a mixture of myrrh and alloys, weighing about 75 pounds. Then they took Jesus' body and wrapped it with all the aromatic spices in strips of linen cloth, according to Jewish burial customs. Now, at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden was a new tomb where no one had been buried. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, the tomb was nearby, and they placed Jesus' body there. Now, very early on in the first day of the week, when it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been moved away from the entrance. So she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken away the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out to go to the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter, and they reached the tomb first. He went down and saw the strips of linen cloth laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who had been following him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been around Jesus' head, not lying with the strips of linen cloth, but rolled up into a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, came in, and he saw, and he believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. So the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she bent down looking into the tomb. And when she saw two angels in white standing there where Jesus' body had been laying, one at the head and one at the feet, they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? But Mary replied, They had taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they had put him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? But she said, because she thought that the person was a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni which means teacher. And Jesus replied, Do not touch me, for I have not ascended yet to my father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I am, ascendant, I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and informed the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what Jesus had said to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered around and locked the doors of the place because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they were forgiven. If you retain anyone's sins, they were retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the wounds from the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the wounds from the nails, and put my hands to his side, I will never believe it. Eight days later, the disciples were again together in the house, and Thomas was with them. 
Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and examine my hands. Extend your hand and put it into my side. Do not continue in your unbelief, but believe. Then Thomas replied to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those people who had not seen yet have believed. Now Jesus performed many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. What I just read was John 13 through John 20. And for some of you, maybe this is the very first time that um, you were exposed to um, to this, to this part in, in, in the Bible, this part in the book of John and throughout the whole Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all they all talk about this 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 moment. This is a moment that they, they all share about, which is the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And as I was reading this earlier, I was I was thinking and praying about, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share today in today's podcast? If you know, um, if, if you have been following this podcast and you know that we've been uh, recently through two series, one series that we've been in recently was a series called Works in Progress. And another series that we've been in is called Patchwork. And we just wrapped that up, a six-week series that we wrapped up. And through Patchwork, I shared moments in my life that has made me who I am. And also moments in my life that I can look back and see, okay, Lord, you, you, you allow these things to happen in order for me to see you and experience you in a real way. And one of the things that I shared, it was actually in um, the second episode of Patchwork, was my testimony. It was the story of how I came to know Jesus, not just know about Jesus, but to experience him. Just like Thomas, just like Peter and Mary and and all the people that experienced him after he rose from the dead. After he was dead and there was no hope, all of a sudden they received hope and, and now he's alive. And from this moment, they went on to change the world. They were not afraid of death. And all of the original disciples ended up giving their life, except for John, for Jesus. And so these same disciples that were once scared and terrified when Jesus was delivered over to Pilate to be crucified, and they all fled. And John was standing at a distance, kind of looking and observing, but still John didn't speak up at all. He, he, he almost was powerless to do anything about it. Even Jesus' own mother was just there. There's nothing that she can do. And, and, and all hope seemed to be lost. I was thinking back about about my my life and my story and 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 how it correlates with the, those stories as well. And what's so crazy is that in my life I literally have experienced a dead man become alive. And in that moment of June 2011, a dead man became so alive that he gave me life. And who I am today and, 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 and how I can even, even be able to talk to you now is because a dead man is alive and that same person who's alive wants to live within you and me. And he wants to renew us and make us into who we were designed to be. And apart from him, we cannot be that. We are dead. We are dead apart from him. 
And I remember back in June 2011, being there on the floor and just with everything within me, just being just just feeling dead and just crying out, Jesus, take my life. I am done. I am done. I can't do this anymore. I want to live. I want to know what it means to be alive. I want to know you. And in that moment, a dead man became alive. And that man who was alive that was there in my bedroom in June 2011 gave me life. And who I am today, the life that I have today, the, 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 the gifts or the talents or the things, the good things that maybe you see in me or, or maybe as you listen to these podcasts, maybe there's something about the, the words that I share that, that, that maybe overwhelm you and, 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 and you, look, you maybe look at me and you're like, you know, how are you and why are you the way that you are and why are you so passionate about Jesus and why are you so passionate about people and, and why do you take time every week to do this? Maybe if you're thinking that, if for, for you who are thinking that, the reason why I am the way I am is because I have received life and that life has come from Jesus, the one who was dead and now is alive. And that same person wants to be alive in you. If I'm being honest, I am still a work in progress. And every single day, there's an opportunity for me to choose that life. But what I want to share with you is that even in our most raw and most vulnerable times of our life, even in those moments where, where you look in the mirror and you know who you are, even with, when, in, in those moments where all of our walls are down, even when all of our excuses are deconstructed, I wanted to share with you today that you and we are so loved, we are so loved that God himself would become a dead man in order to give us life and life abundantly. And that no matter what you're going through, the whole purpose of color and chaos is to share the truth that, that, that we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that can give us life and life to the full, a life that is no longer found in identity in us and our abilities or our talents, but an identity that is wrapped around a living savior that once was dead, but now is alive and is alive in us. And through his life, we receive life and we can live life abundantly. And that is something that nothing can take away. We are loved fully. When we receive the love of Christ, we receive love himself, love made flesh. And that person is is able to give us the ability to be who we were made to be. And the crazy thing is, is that we have a creator, savior, and sustainer who does not shriek at the darkness within our hearts, the darkness within our minds. But literally, as 1 Corinthians says, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious, it does not boast, and is not self-seeking. And all of those things that describe what love is, we now have an opportunity to know love and to be known by love. So I wanted to share today as a simple podcast, but just to share with you that you are loved And that no matter what you're going through, whether you know Jesus and you have a relationship with him and that you are that dead man and now you are alive in Christ, or right now you're listening to this and you identify as that dead man, you identify as Thomas, you identify as Peter, and you're saying, look, I no longer want to be dead in my sins and my rebellions, but I want to know what it feels like to be alive and to be not only just to be, be, be alive by my definition, but I want to be alive as defined by life itself, the author of life, I want to give me life in my death. And if that's you, then then this is a part of your story as well. That our stories are not one that ends with a period when we die, but we have an opportunity for our stories to be a part of his story. 
And through his story, we can be able to live life abundantly. If I'm being honest, no matter where I go, no matter what I've done, Jesus loves me and he loves you as well. I wanted to pray for you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. I wanted to pray for you and, 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 and for us to pray together and to ask the Lord to, to show us more. What does it mean to live? What does it mean to be alive? And, and to ultimately ask him, the author of life, life, Lord, please help me choose you. Help me choose you. Help me no longer see you as a dead man, but to see you for who you are as the living Savior and one who, who gives us the same spirit that rose you from the dead, Lord. We can have that spirit to give us life and life abundantly. You were created with a purpose. And it would be an honor to pray for you today. Lord God, just thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Jesus, thank you that your word has the power to literally change lives. And it changed my life, Lord. Lord, no matter, no matter the, 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 the worst day I can have, the, the moments that, that I rebel or, or deny you, Lord, with my thoughts or with my actions, Lord, no matter what, nothing can change the relationship that I have with you. And it's not something that I did on my own, but it's everything that you did for me on the cross and that you did for us on the cross. Lord, we are yours and, and that changes everything. Lord, help us choose you today. Lord, for those who have not surrendered their life to you, Lord, will you please show them who you are? Show, show them how you are the personification of love and, 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 and the love that, that we all long and look for. Lord, for those who do know you, Lord, will you please remind them today that they are loved by you and that you have a plan and purpose for them. Lord, help us not become just con content with, with just knowing a little bit about you, but Lord, help our lives be devoted to knowing you and making you known. Jesus, thank you for being, being who we long and look for. We need you, Jesus. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. Today's episode is a little different, uh, a little different than, than other episodes. But if, if this has blessed you, if this is something that has spoken to you today, if, if this is something that, that has met you in a real and a, and a relevant place, uh, I all I ask is that, that, that you pray, pray, pray for someone that you can share this with, someone who, who needs to hear this, someone who, who needs to be a part of this conversation. There's a new episode every Wednesday. And it's uploaded to iTunes and Google and YouTube. But no matter how you find this, I am so honored that you are a part of this. God bless you. And I pray you have an amazing day, one that is full of life and wonder. God bless you. See you.